Hey, welcome back. Thank you once again for tuning in to uh, today's podcast. Things have gotten exciting in the silver market over the last, you know, 13 months, roughly. Uh, and, and certainly everything was kind of taken up another notch earlier this year with the silver squeeze movement. But strap yourselves in because as many of you guys, I am sure, are aware, uh, we, we could be heading towards silver squeeze 2.0. So I want to talk about that here in a second. But speaking of exciting, things have been exciting here on my podcast slash YouTube channel. If you haven't noticed, you know, for the last uh, several, or probably nine months, maybe longer, uh, I haven't been posting as frequently as I have been in the past. But just in the past week, I have given you guys two, I think, really high quality interviews. Uh, the most recent one was with Steve San Angelo of the SRS Rocco Report. That one was a feature-length interview, over an hour and 15 minutes long, I believe. A lot of really great discussion that, that extended far beyond just precious metals markets. Highly encourage you to check that out. As well as uh, an interview that was posted, I think, Thursday of last week. And this was with Steve Penny of the Silver Chartist Report. Uh, highly encourage you to check that one out as well. In fact, if you did not watch that one, well, first of all, um, certainly find it on my channel. But second of all, uh, one thing that I shared in that podcast, uh, that interview, uh, Steve shared as well, was his newsletter that he does. Uh, you can find that newsletter down below in the description of this uh, podcast here, as well as a comment section if you are on YouTube. Uh, really great um, resource for those of you that are looking to build or adjust your your investment portfolio, primarily, obviously, investment portfolio in, in silver, gold, uh, and, and to some extent, uranium and some other metals. So highly encourage you to check that out as well. A ton of value in just the free newsletter, never mind the paid newsletter, which is actually a pretty low price as well, $9 a month, um, which, which if you watch the discussion, you remember me referring to, you know, another big name in the precious metals natural resources space who charges a few thousand for his research and it's top-notch research i'm sure from this other guy but but it's uh steve penny's is, is really some great work so certainly find that down below in the description or the comment section moving on to the main topic of today's video though silver squeeze 2.0 now it, it goes by a couple different names uh silver massacre uh silver mayday Mayday Silver, something along those lines. Essentially, what I'm referring to is a movement, maybe a date, that, that was set by Craig Hemke of uh, TF Metals Reports. Also does a lot of the podcast for Sprott, um, as in Sprott Physical Trust, Sprott Asset Management. Um, Craig Hemke, great guy, never spoken to him in person, but but he's certainly been um, one, of the, one of the premier commentators in this space for quite some time now. Um, really solid guy, and and he recently, basically in this this article, set a date May first as the day that we are going to make some noise, make some more noise in the silver market. Now the reason he chose that day, which is a weekend day by the way, uh, is that it's a ten year anniversary of the smash down in silver following its highs back in 2011. I'm sure many of you guys remember that. I wasn't in the market at that point. Um, that, was, that was many years before I was in the market. I was, I was all of, I don't know, uh, let me do the math here, 16 at the time. <laughs> so, so I uh, certainly wasn't in the market at that point. At that point. Um, but it certainly was a demoralizing time for many of those 
that, that were in the market. Um, and, and, you know, after seeing what's happened in the silver market in the past year, past 13 months, kind of going back to, to the when COVID really started to, to kind of hit home for a lot of people, we've seen that the, the investors in silver, especially here in the West, are not they've not disappeared whatsoever uh you know there was some question you know after 2008 2009 in the financial crisis after the big run-up in 2011 after the sustained high demand stretching all the way through 2016 there's some question of you know how many silver investors are left and and i think we answered that question since covid started and certainly since the beginning of this year because We've seen an insane amount of demand in the physical space. And I want to get to those numbers here in a couple minutes. But for quite some time now, you know, we saw the huge uh, buying in, in March of 2020. We saw the silver squeeze happen in kind of January, February of this year. And since then, even in this community, we've seen the likes of Wall Street Silver or even Junius Malpe and others. He's got his own YouTube channel uh, promoting sort of a silver raid mentality that, that we're on a certain set date. We're going to raid silver dealers. Of course, oftentimes these silver dealers can be seen as friends, right? They're the ones selling physical to us. We're, we're not talking Comex or, or LBMA. But certainly this has stretched beyond just the physical silver that you are buying and ordering to other products such as PSLV, Sprout Physical Trust, uh, which is basically an exchange traded product backed by, fully backed by silver. So the reason I'm talking about this today is is twofold. First of all, as part of an awareness campaign, uh, it's, it's important that I think everyone in this community is kind of on the same page on this, right? And, and I think Craig Hemke, with his notoriety in the space. He's also teamed up with, with Chris Marcus as well from Arcadia Economics with their, you know, the fact that they have in many ways been some of the leaders of this, you know, movement in, in silver for, for the past few months um, bodes well, I think, for its success. And certainly the more each of us were to help or spread the word or whatever you can do uh, goes a long ways. Primarily, we're talking buying physical silver. And it doesn't have to happen on May 1st. It can happen between now and then. Physical silver. Certainly, PSLV, I think, would be acceptable. I think most people in this community would say that it would be. Um, buying physical silver, gold, uh, silver, silver bars, silver coins, that would be acceptable as well. Uh, and, and, of course, I'm sure you'll see a move up in, in silver mining stocks as well. Um, so, so that was part of it is, is awareness. But second of all, I also want to talk about, you know, what does this mean? What, what does another silver squeeze 2.0 mean for the silver market? Are we making a dent? You know, I talked to Steve St. Angelo last week, as I mentioned earlier. Uh, and, and in that, you know, he was talking about one, one really interesting thing that we have seen happen just recently in the silver market. And that is that we're having an impact it would appear on the basically you know the 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 thousand ounce bar market thousand ounce bars for those of you that aren't aware are primarily what's traded and and stored uh on the behalf of of comex lbma you know most major maybe all major med uh precious metals exchanges right a thousand ounce bar is what the world uses as trade when it comes to silver. On the retail side, people like you and I, 
we oftentimes are not buying thousand ounce bars. We're buying anything from fractional silver, obviously a lot of one ounce products, all the way up to a hundred ounce bars. And you know, dating back to 2020, I pointed this out during that discussion interview, whatever you want to call it, that there was a time in which it certainly would have appeared that, that, that there was a silver shortage. And, and I think some, you know, in retrospect, probably rightly pointed out that, you know, maybe not the entire physical silver market at that point in time, 13 months ago, was there a shortage? It was mostly on the retail side. One ounce coins, uh, rounds, bars, 100 ounce bars, etc. Essentially for two reasons. A, a, a ton of, of, of demand and B, well, a limited amount to, to mint more products because of what was going on with COVID at that t- point in time. However, more recently, what we've seen is not only that. I mean, we, we see that pretty plainly with the high premiums in the physical silver market if you're going to buy an American Eagle or a one ounce generic round or a hundred ounce bar, kilo bar, whatever, very high premiums. For those of you that were in the silver market, let's say even just 18 months ago, two years ago, you know what I'm talking about, very high premiums. But those premiums and that difficulty in sourcing those, those bars or those coins has at this point to some extent spread to the thousand ounce bar market and he kind of referenced higher premiums potentially in that and that being a trend to follow in the future you know you have to ask yourself you know what type of an impact are we having on the physical silver market and i think that that is telling when we start to influence the thousand ounce bar market or cause shortages or 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 supply disruptions for the likes of the Perth Mint or, or other major you know, dealers or mints, um, ultimately we're looking for supply disruption for the, for the COMEX, for the LBMA, for industrial users of silver. That's ultimately what we're looking at for. And if you see a disruption of the thousand ounce bar market, which you know Steve hinted that we could be potentially seeing right now, then that would be a sign that, yeah, we're having an effect on this market. You know, let's talk numbers. The, the 2021 World Silver Survey was, was recently put out. And, and as in the past, you know, I am going to reference this. We, it's, it's difficult to take these numbers at face value, partly because, you know, unlike, let's say, the, let's say the oil market, uh, which, which is much more easily quantified, uh, the physical silver market is not easily as quantified at all. Uh, this is published by the Silver Institute. Uh, they, they get a lot of input um, or sponsored, I should say, by, by most you know, major uh, um, silver miners uh, and, and, and others, including Sprott, TD Securities, um, and, and others. Uh, it's, it's a, a lot of this information is um, put together um, by the Silver Institute and, and Metals Focus. It's certainly not perfect, though. It's difficult to account for um, all sources of demand and, and supply. And, well, you know, if you've been watching my content for long enough, to some extent we should be questioning these numbers from time to time. Um, for example, um, the SLV um, and, and that exchange-traded product. However, what I want to point about, out about this survey is looking at the, the numbers for the past year. Now, to, to, to put this in perspective... Uh, supply, supply in 2020 uh, dropped by by a whopping four percent. 
Now actually mining supply dropped by 6%, uh, but, but recycling actually jumped by 7%, likely because of the higher price of silver. And, and overall that led to a decline in supply of 4%, which was pretty significant. You know, dating back, uh, the silver supply topped out in 2014 at about uh, 1 billion, 68 million, 0.7, uh, sorry, 1 billion, 68.7 million ounces. And has since dropped to under a billion ounces, actually, for the first time in quite a while in 2020. Um, it, you know, from its peak to, to where it's at now, uh, nearly 100 million ounces, you know, a little over 90 million ounces, it's dropped by uh, pretty significant. Now, obviously, 2020 was a, 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 a different year, to put it, put it simply. There's a lot of supply disruption on the mining side because of COVID. Uh, a lot of mines were shut down for some period of time across the world, right? In the United States, Central and South America. That was a big part of that drop in mining supply. And in fact, mining supply dropped by, oh, you know, almost 50 million ounces, just shy of 50 million ounces. That's a huge number. However, demand, if you're looking at everything minus investment in exchange-traded products, uh, demand dropped by 10%, led by a, a, a really massive decline in demand for not just industrial products, you know, industrial uses overall, but, but specifically products like jewelry and silverware. Jewelry down 26%, over 50 million ounces. I mean, that right there accounts for the drop in mining supply. Uh, silver, uh, silverware down a whopping 48%, almost 30 million ounces right there. And in fact, you, you saw net physical investment increase over that time period. Uh, last year, it was up uh, roughly 15 million ounces, up 8%. Because of the huge amount of physical uh, increased physical demand, investment demand, despite the fact that, and again, if you listen to the interview last week with Steve, despite the fact that India uh, dropped a, a ton in terms of how much they were were buying in the physical market, I can bring up these numbers here. But basically, the the gist of it is is that um, in in 2020, India bought way less physical silver as an investment as they have in the past, and I suspect that that played a role in the decline in, in, uh, in uh, jewelry and, and silverware demand, right? Um, I can find this number right here for you. India in 2019 bought 56.5 million ounces, which by the way was a little under half of their peak in 2015, but in 2020, they bought 8.7 million ounces. That's a huge drop. Right, probably due to a lot of the um, economic disruptions that they saw in 2020, like the rest of us. There's a lot of selling into the market. And in fact, uh, in, in terms of, of uh, jewelry uh, and, and silverware, a good chunk of that was in India. In fact, um, Indian fabrication of silverware fell by 58%. And this is from the silver uh, World Silver Survey, quote, due largely to the economic slowdown and the pandemic-driven cancellation of weddings and social events. On the jewelry side, um, there was a 26% a drop. And again, a big chunk of that was was due to India, right? Um, a, a huge drop in, in Indian 
um, demand as well, I'm sure, as well as, as Chinese. Nearly half of the global decline, talking about jewelry, was driven by losses in the largest fabricator, India, where rising silver prices coupled with the negative impact of the pandemic and consumer spending meant that demand fell to its lowest since 2013. Okay. So despite all of that, okay, going back to the big picture numbers here. Okay. 4% drop in total supply. 10% drop in physical demand. Again, excluding exchange-traded products for the time being. That left us at an 80.1 million ounce surplus. That doesn't sound very good for the, the silver market, now does it? However, if then you, you take investment in exchange traded products into account, all of a sudden you have a, you, you have a situation in which, uh, well, exchange traded product investment was 330.1 million ounces. So now all of a sudden you go from 80.1 million ounce surplus to a 251 million ounce deficit. Now again, I'm gonna be intellectually honest. Um, what I mean by that, or I should say consistent. I, I, obviously I wanna be honest too, but consistent, okay? I'm not gonna cherry pick numbers. Or I'm not gonna say exchange traded product demand matters when I'm saying this here, and then say, you know, in the next breath that, hey, maybe that all that silver there for the SLV is, is not actually there. I, I don't know for sure, right? Nobody, uh, none of us at least, know for sure. And certainly it's suspect if all that silver is there. But the point in terms of exchange-traded products is that th there was a huge increase in demand. Officially, 331.1% million ounces were basically flowed into exchange rented products such as PSLV or SLV or others in 2020, leaving us at a deficit of, of over a quarter, uh, quarter billion ounces of silver, which sounds a heck of a lot like a potential shortage in the future to me. In fact, they added their 2021 estimates, and I'm not going to go over these entirely, uh, but we're looking at a potentially a 126.7 million ounce deficit in 2021. Take that with a grain of salt, for sure, because we're only a couple months in. But a quarter billion ounce deficit is a huge number. Even if you cut that in half and say, like, maybe SLV, you know, maybe some of that is is suspect, you know, uh, certainly you can say that, well, they, they publish the, the numbers of these, these bars, but on the other hand, you also have these weird scenarios, like in... Uh, I think it was February of this year, maybe late January, where the beginning of the silver squeeze movement, when they added an incredible amount of physical silver in the span of like two or three days. That just, just doesn't happen that quickly. Um, certainly some you know, suspect happenings in the ETP market. However, you know, if you do look at, at something like PSLV, Sprott Physical Trust, uh, for silver. In fact, their top tweet, their, their pinned tweet was from, from April 21st of, of this year, so, you know, less than a week ago, that they've added over 76 million ounces of physical silver since January 31st of 2020. That's an incredible number, right? That alone is, you know, if, if and now again, a lot of that has been added in 2021. But that is an incredible amount of silver that, that PSOV has added, considering, you know, prior to 2020, they, they were a small fraction of SLV, and they are still a smaller player. Um, but 
that physical demand is coming. And, and PSOV is certainly one that, that I find a high, much higher level of trust in than, uh, than SLV or, or similar products. So, so again, circling back here, I, I'm just, you know, giving you number after number here, but, but circling back, the point of what I'm saying here is this question of, well, are we having an impact on the market? And I think the answer is yes, right? Um, the answer is yes. In fact, uh, if you're looking at, um, and again, we talked about this in the interview last week, Steve San Angelo and I, um, talking about uh, just how much silver was, was bought. Um, this is from, uh, let's see here. Uh, he got a lot of information from Metals Focus Report for the Silver Institute. Uh, estimated, okay, so basically um, of the total supply, basically 73% of the supply coming to the market was was accounted for in investment demand. 73%. For context, the highest it's been since 2005 was 42%. Most years were between 30 and 40%. More recently, in 2017, 2018, uh, we're between you know, 19 and 17%. 73%, meaning of every ounce taken out of the ground, or I'd say 100 ounces, 73 of those ounces were accounted for by uh, physical silver demand. When you're looking at, when you're adding that number from exchange-traded products in. Thus far in 2021, his estimate is 71%. <laughs> 71% already of, of all this supply coming out to the market is accounted for in, in investment demand. And to put that number in context, if you look at you know, past years in terms of total supply and how much of that was accounted for in industrial demand, you know, the number is roughly 45%, you know, uh, maybe a little bit more. And, and when you add in um, you know, things like photography and what, you know, it's it, it's in that ballpark of 45, 50%, you know, maybe just under 50%. But guess what? Over 70% last year and already roughly over 70% this year has been accounted for just an in investment demand, leaving, you know, the rest for for physical uh, um, industrial demand. Now, obviously, that, that doesn't mean that there's an industrial shortage right now. A lot of this demand that we've seen flow into exchange-traded products or uh, come off the market in, in the form of coins and bars bought by, by people like us, a lot of that has, has come from elsewhere in the market. Um, whether that's, that's uh, removed from, from you know, Comex Vault or the LBMA or, or other sources. But the point of it is, is that you know, the silver market is a, is a big market in the sense that there's a lot of ounces out there. But they are getting soaked up by investors like you and I, and they're getting soaked up by exchange-traded products. So when you ask yourself, you know, does the silver squeeze movement mean anything? Are we making a difference? The answer is heck yes. In fact, the, the Silver Institute, again, looking at their numbers, estimates that in 2021, we're going to be buying 252.8 million ounces just in terms of fiscal investment. Ignore jewelry, ignore silverware, and ignore exchange-traded products. Over a quarter billion ounces just in fiscal investment. And that's going to be the highest since 2015. I would not at all be surprised if that number ends the year close to 300 million. At the current pace we're at, yeah, I won't be surprised we're close to 300 million on the year. And, and it could be much, much higher than that. 
right? Depending on how crazy things get. They're estimating that this year we could be looking at something like 150 million ounces going into exchange-traded products, the likes of SLV and, and PSLV and others. And again, I wouldn't be surprised if we do even better than that. But at some point, both of those numbers are going to be constrained by supply. And I think we're going to hit that point eventually. Is 2021 going to be the year? It's hard to say. You know, with this next silver squeeze movement, I don't think we're going to see a full-blown shortage in the market. But a ton of demand over the short term could certainly put the squeeze on the likes of, of bullion banks, COMEX, etc. But if, and I think it's not a big if, I think it's a pretty small if, if this demand is sustained into 2021 or through 2021 into next year and the following year, uh, much like it was following the Great Recession and the big move up in 2011, then we're talking about more and more silver being drained from the market. And, you know, again, referencing the interview with Steve St. Angelo last week, you have the situation where more and more money is is uh, sorry, sorry. You have uh, industrial users um, as the, the the you know the cost of their silver supply is going up. You're going to see them trying to front run any sort of shortage. You're going to see institutional investors do the same. You could potentially see the likes of not not actually people like like Warren Buffett, but you're going to see big money like Warren Buffett in the past who, who bought a large amount of silver for a a relatively short amount of time, you're going to see other people, um, wealthy investors and whatnot, moving into the physical market. And and of course, you'll see, you know, exchange-traded products and, and physical coin and bar demand um, front run or, or follow that increase as well. So, so the demand is there. You know, they estimate that that uh, silver supply next uh, this year, 2021, will be similar to 2018. It'll actually be better than 2019. That remains to be seen. I think that really remains to be seen. Um, and, and I'm not convinced of that at all. Um, overall, silver supply will will probably be pretty good this year because of the the increase in, in, in silver recycling because of, of a higher price that I think will be sustained throughout the year. Um, but but overall, you know, even a even a 50 million ounce increase in in Recycling for silver is is pretty small compared to the increase that I think we're going to see in investment demand, and and hey, industrial demand is going to rebound as well. Even if I personally think the economy in twenty twenty one is is going to be a shadow of what it was prior to COVID, that doesn't mean um, consumers with a whole ton of of fiscal stimulus and governments with a whole ton of fiscal stimulus won't be able to to uh, pick up the slack on that. So, so I hope these numbers, I hope this discussion helps you kind of visualize where we're at in terms of the silver squeeze movement. I think we're close to putting some pressure on exchanges, on banks. But overall, I think this could be a longer game. This could be something that plays out over over six plus months, a year or two. We'll see. Um, but, but the worse things get in terms of inflation, in terms of uh, the economy, uh, the more quickly you're going to see industrial users and uh, uh institutional investors pile into this market, which, you know, though we are talking hundreds of millions of ounces, is is still pretty small. You know, we're talking $26 silver right now, 100 million ounces. Uh, that's, that's what, 2.6 billion. Um, that's not that big of a market, all things considered, compared to gold, compared to um, 
in a lot of other commodity markets and certainly a lot of other paper markets as well. So some food for thought. I appreciate you guys tuning in today. You know, just a reminder, I do those two interviews. Um, if, if you're looking for some more content, they both were, I think, excellent interviews. Um, certainly check out the Silver Chartist Report. Again, free newsletter I'm talking about here. They, he's got a paid uh, option as well. But but in that free one, you're, you're going to find a lot of great fundamental data. You know, he, he pays attention to fundamentals. What did he say? Fundamentals tell me what to buy. Yeah, technicals or charts tell me when to buy. Has a lot of great charts if, if you guys are at all invest uh, um, are interested in, you know, some more really, I think, high quality analysis on where the price of silver is going, um, as well as uh, mining stocks and and uh, and other precious metals or uh, natural resource related stocks. So that link is down below in the description as well. And, and I'd certainly encourage you to check it out. As always, though, I'd like to thank every one of you from the bottom of my heart for tuning into today's podcast. And God bless.